0: Annie had an earache on a Saturday of all days. So her mom brought her to MinuteClinic at CVS, where you can see a provider, fill a prescription, and grab essentials like pain relief products, all in one visit. Even on evenings and weekends. You can even see us online with telehealth options. For quality, affordable care on your schedule, visit MinuteClinic at CVS. That's how healthier happens together. Services vary by location. Prescriptions can be obtained at pharmacy of choice. Visit MinuteClinic.com for details.
1: Why does Comcast Business power more businesses than any other provider? It has technology solutions that put you ahead, like the fastest, reliable network and serious savings. Whether your small business is starting or growing, you need Comcast Business. Comcast Business. Powering possibilities. Get internet security and voice for just $40 per month for 12 months when you add mobile. Ends 11-6-2022. Restrictions apply. Requires eco-bill and autopay. New Comcast Business 250 megabit per second internet. Security Edge and One voice line. customers only. Two-year agreement required. Equipment taxes and other fees extra and subject to change.
2: I do think, especially with COVID, right? It, it's a kind of a, a, a experience that's derailed um, a lot of people in terms of what, what is happening and yeah. what is my life, and a lot of questioning, and then you know people processing a lot of grief too. And I think I think spirituality is the old. It's the well right it, it's
0: mm.
2: it's the well that you return to um to to get water when you need it and it's, it's life
0: today on dr D's social network we welcome in the amazing the wonderful dr eva Catherine coder dr coder is doing something that i think is really gaining steam but is still kind of on the fringes. She's a transpersonal psychologist, author, teacher, and guide. Dr. Coder provides some incredible insight into the world of transpersonal psychology, plant medicine, and after ceremony integration. This is a deep one, but also still a lot of fun. Ladies and gentlemen, Dr. Coder. We're here, Dr. D's social network with uh, Dr. Eva Catherine Coder. How are yeah. you?
2: I'm well. I'm well. How are you?
0: I'm good. I've been looking forward to this one for a while. Um, yeah. I found out about you through the third wave. That's how I th- found out about you. And I know the gentleman who runs that whole deal.
2: Oh, okay. But, yeah.
0: Paul? Paul, yeah. We were on a conversation at some point. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I saw you were like on this podcast, I believe.
2: I was, I was on his podcast a while back. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: And, uh, I was like, man, this is interesting. Like transpersonal psychology, you know, Uh after the ceremony, I said, I gotta, I gotta learn more about what this person's up to.
2: Oh, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Appreciate that.
0: Most definitely. So that's why I reached out. And so. One, tell me a little bit about your background in this and like what's inspired you to get into this this field of study and work.
2: Well, I think probably like many who end up someplace like this, uh, I did not really intend to be here.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: So, I think I sort of backed into it in some way or, yeah. Um, universe when I was younger felt like was closing a lot of doors that would be like the traditional doors that I would go into based on how I was raised and family and such and that just like those doors did not open for me
0: Mm -hmm. and
2: you know I like banging my head against like these doors and they just wouldn't open and so I was really kind of pushed into an entirely different direction that I didn't I didn't, I didn't even know it existed. And so that was a lot of probably like how it all started was feeling like, you know, now I look back and it's like, well, spirit just had a different idea about my life than I had. Yeah. And I had to kind of get on board. I had to like get with the program. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I was also really blessed with a number of mentors that just people that showed up in my life and would just tell me something or guide me in a specific direction transpersonal psychology came from a friend in new york who was a a mentor she was a therapist psychologist type and she said you know what you know if you're going to go into psychology don't do all that traditional stuff don't do that Mm. so take yourself right to transpersonal psychology go to the edge of the field um, learn about Ken Wilbur and non-duality and go that way don't do what everybody else is doing hmm. so
0: <laughs> wow so you know what I'm, I'm curious because I I feel like I, I mean I've done so many of these and I've learned so many things and I really love to learn and I'm like transpersonal psychology I have never heard that term okay. Can you break down a little bit what that is?
2: Oh yeah, totally so, Transpersonal psychology kind of came about in like the 60s and early 70s. It grew out of the humanistic movement of psychology. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people have heard of Maslow or potential movement. And, um, you know, after psychoanalysis, everybody had been on the couch for a while. There was this idea in humanistic psychology of, yeah, but what's our potential? You know, where can we really go as a species? And Then there were all like there had been all these teachers coming over from the east, you know, Buddhist teachers and Hindu teachers, and you know they were like planting themselves all up and down the west coast, and some in New York building centers. And so, you know, by the time the '60s came around with all of the, you know, uh, explosion of you know social consciousness and things that were going on at that time, there was this confluence of. Uh, a lot of people who had gotten involved in spiritual practice and were starting to see these things happening in themselves, along with witnessing these um, more enlightened teachers who were obviously playing on an entirely different field for most people. Mm. And then there were psychedelics, right? Psychedelics happened.
0: (laughs) Most definitely.
2: A lot of, you know, in the 60s. And and, and so it was kind of like a pot that was getting stirred. And so transpersonal psychology emerged out of this pot of these, you know, more enlightened beings that were, had been teaching for a while. People were getting some traction, psychedelic movement, um, and all that kind of social upheaval that was happening, along with this humanistic movement of kind of like, where can we, where are we going? as a species where could we go like Mm. where's the best place we could go and how can we get there um so transpersonal means beyond the self or through the self trans Mm. beyond or through right yeah and it's this idea that it's a field of psychology that's more holistic so it includes you know, the more behavioral approaches, the more existential, the more psychodynamic, the more humanistic. It includes all of those, but it also adds in another layer of inquiry and exploration that's drawing from a lot of the world's wisdom traditions. And with the idea of what's it like to be a spirit you know in matter what's it like to be a spirit embodied um and how can we further refine ourselves um so that we can be in our fullness that makes sense
0: it makes perfect sense to me yeah Uh, i mean yeah (laughs) i I love it i feel like that spoke to me big Mm -hmm. time um Mm -hmm. i think one of the reasons why i was drawn to your podcast on the third wave and Anything? Well, I just I'm very into psychedelics and the spirituality of it and the ceremony and the rituals and I kind of feel like in our society we've we try to get rid of rituals and ceremony and what do we yeah. do afterwards, you know? And so yeah. then I was reading about you wrote a book like after the ceremony and I was like Man, this is like right up my alley. Like mm-hmm. I'm like feeling this big time, you know.
2: Cool. <laughs> Yeah, I've been feeling it big time for a while. Honestly, I, I kind of imagine, um, like, what it would be like, because I've traveled a lot, you know, I've lived in other Mm -hmm. countries as well. And like, I'd love it if I walked down the street, you know, in the US, and there was just a shrine on the corner that people were making offerings to or know there was like this cultivation of this like this acknowledgement that we are more you know than just this body that we have spirit you know a soul to tend to and this this kind of soul tending and this this recognition that we're connected and we're connected to all of life and that life is living itself through us and how can we be in relationship to that and in the deepest sense, you know, in service to that devoted to that. And then, you know, for me, I feel like the last revolution is spiritual. Yeah. that It's like we can, and I don't mean to dismiss any of the other revolutions that have happened or are happening because they're, they're all important. Um, But at the end of the day, it feels like when we come home, we're coming home to that. We're coming home to the recognition that we are not separate, that we are one, that we are this life that's living itself through us and that that, that is it. Um, you know, We've got our personalities and we've got all this stuff, but it, it kind of pales in comparison to the, that deeper understanding in my, in my, you know, in my world, in some sense.
0: Yeah, yeah, and you know what, I, I'm curious from your work, have you seen that people have been more receptive to this type of work and this type of study of psychology now than in the past?
2: Mm, well, I, you know, I'm, I'm working in a very niche area Mm -hmm. you know so people who show up on my doorstep they're they're on this they're kind of they're in this they're already in this inquiry somehow they know their soul is important maybe they know it's a little malnourished or it's never been tended to uh to begin with they know that there's something more even if they can't really put language to it so much Mm -hmm. and uh, I mean I there's, I don't know if you're aware of kind of like the larger movements in the field of psychology or clinical psychology, but they very much, a lot of them go against the transpersonal field. Yeah. Um, the So people are like looking to do a CBT cognitive behavioral therapy. Sure. If I can just change my thoughts, then I could just change my life kind of thing. And yeah. there's validity to that, but I'm, transpersonal psychology is still very much on the fringe.
0: Why, what's the resistance from the larger movements of psychology against transpersonal psychology? Uh,
2: it's, I think look like we're kind of, the larger social collective that's in existence is it's kind of a machine So it's built around things that can be easily monetized, um, things that can be uh, worked on in a protocol. So someone can just open a notebook and be like, okay, session one, we're gonna do this, session two, we're gonna do this. Mm -hmm. Um, Things can be routinized. It's a kind of like an industrial um, revolution kind of mentality to therapy. And insurance companies can say, okay, well, in 12 sessions, we're going to pay for 12 sessions. And in this time, you can do this protocol. And so it's, do you see what I'm saying? Like there's mm-hmm. this larger current that wants everything to be kind of in a square or in a box.
0: Sure.
2: And the field of transpersonal psychology does not function that way. Because it's not really, it's, <laughs> this is not a, it's an <laughs> out of the box. It's totally out of the box. And it's not manualized. There's no protocol um, it's, you know, it's coming into a a greater depth. And so that's harder to train people around. It's harder, Mm -hmm. you know, you see what I'm saying?
0: Yeah, most definitely. But you know, on on the other hand, I, I do think that there is a, there is becoming an awakening or acceptance to things, maybe the concepts of transpersonal psychology.
2: Agree. Maybe
0: there's not like the actual study of it so much for people. I mean, I, I'm, I feel like I, have a pretty good idea of a lot of these things that I didn't Mm -hmm. know about it. And I'm very educated with, Mm -hmm. you know, in psychology. And Mm -hmm. so maybe the study aspect, but I see people in general, maybe tending more to spirituality, whatever that means for them, uh, that they're more curious. So like, well, maybe there is more to me than just the physical aspect, you know?
2: Mm -hmm. I do think that's true. And I think that's, it's been true. For a while, and often what brings people there is some kind of crisis,
0: mm.
2: you know, some something we're calling a crisis, right? Um, right? Some something like in my life, right? Like things did not were not working out, right? I was trying mm-hmm. to do the you know this conventional path, and it was not working, you know. So I had to kind of you know be willing to go to some other place that actually did feel restorative, rejuvenating, connected vibrant vital you know so i i do think especially with covid right it's a kind of a uh, experience that's derailed um a lot of people in terms of what what is happening and what is my life and a lot of questioning and then you know people processing a lot of grief too and i think I think spirituality is the old, it's the well, right? It, it's mm. it's the well that you return to, um, to to get water when you need it and it's it's life. So I do think people have been kind of pushed right out of yeah. the zone. Mm-hmm. I love
0: that. The spirituality is the well, the, the water they return to. I have never heard it said that way and i love that so much wow
2: yeah
0: that's amazing i mean there's there's just a way there's something profound about that sometimes i feel like we 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 push out these the our inner space and our spirituality for commercial things and all this stuff and we forget that this is a gigantic portion of the of the human experience
2: and it always has been
0: yes Yes.
2: It it always has been.
0: Most definitely. Now, how did you get involved with, um, writing this book, you know, after the ceremony and touch a little bit about that and then kind of where that came from for you?
2: Yes. So, um, I really built my practice, my private practice in Miami, um, is where I, I lived before I lived here in Colorado. And Miami was just an amazing um, experience for me. I was really wanting to live abroad and I had written this Fulbright to study this organization in Kenya and I was ready to learn Kiswahili. And I, was, I was very excited about the whole thing. And then I yeah. did not get my Fulbright. And so I ended up, I was like, okay, I'd lived in Haiti for two years. And I was like, well, how can I get close? You know to Haiti perhaps but not be there and Miami opened and now Miami is this really vibrant place and you have to you have to really enjoy other cultures to like to live in Miami mm-hmm. and you have to be willing to deal with some chaos um, and some traffic but if you're willing to bear those you know <laughs> discomfort <laughs> right <and laughs> you really enjoy other cultures and you like Latin culture a lot it is the best place to be in the U.S. by far yeah. And tons of people coming up from South America, tons of medicine people, and uh, lots of ceremonial work with plant medicines happening, you know, it's been happening in Miami. And, you know, for folks in Miami, it's not a strange thing, you know, because these are the, these are considered heri- like the heritage, you know, of uh, many of the Amazonian traditions. And so ritual, ceremony, plant medicines, this is no big deal, right? This is yeah. not this is not anything unusual and so in that kind of environment there's been like a really beautiful cultivation of um, spiritual community and so I was sitting a lot with um, in my Miami community with various teachers I helped a Peruvian build a small community uh, around Fort Lauderdale and then I was involved myself with the plant medicine work for about five years and coming to it as a psychologist from transpersonal, you know, a psychologist, I saw a lot of beauty. I also saw a lot of problems and I experienced some of those problems myself. Like, why don't we ever integrate any of the work? We just keep going back to ceremony after ceremony after mm-hmm. ceremony. And somehow it was like a little hamster wheel. Like if we just keep going to enough ceremony, then all will be well. And, now, I really understood from the inside out that there's a problem here. You know, we, if you don't integrate the teachings and the lessons and the, you know, the insights that come from ayahuasca or you know, whichever plant spirit you're working yeah. with, then you're not doing the work. And so my book was a, <laughs> it's a kind of a, um, it's an invitation to do the deeper work And so I lay out, you know, sort of 10 principles and ways of working with integration and, you know, how to basically take what you learned in the ceremony and then bridge that into your everyday mundane reality, which is how change really happens. Like we have to, you know, what they say in yoga, like off the mat, you know, you got to practice it in your, your real everyday life. Um, and that's that's when you see the shifts and the changes. So,
0: that makes sense. It's kind of a you're making me think about in an, almost any spiritual practice, whether it's um, in a religious spiritual practice, uh, whether it's ceremony for this, you can go and hear the message and you could take it in and get swept up by the feeling that's happening during it. And then Go out in the parking lot and then curse somebody out. <laughs> <was the> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Give somebody the middle finger. I'm like, hey, you know what? You mess with me. I'm like, what happened to all of that back there? What just happened? Right. What just what happened? happened? It was, it was yeah. afterwards. I know for okay. me, it was like the first time I did psychedelics. It was so powerful. I had a guide, so which was awesome for it. But I had I had trouble like figuring out what that what my life was going to be after that because it was so jarring it really changed everything about what i thought about nature
1: how Mm -hmm. do i exist
0: with nature after Mm -hmm. knowing after seeing this type Mm -hmm. of thing and the guidance i think is really important and thinking about it that way
2: it is and i think sometimes when i think about my book and i'd love to have the time at some point to update it with case studies now that i've been helping people integrate for almost 10 years it's the integration, the tips for integration apply to everything (laughs) yeah you can take out plant medicine and put in anything else there (laughs) you know they're just kind of universal ways to work with integration like how to help the body integrate right because sometimes things are here but they're not here right they're not they have not really like gone all the way through into embodiment Right. yeah and that 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 descent into full embodiment that's that's different you know that's a whole different feel. Um, we can have a you can talk a good game, right? But yeah, if the body is not on board with it, or not 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 really working with that same energy, then it's not. You haven't really changed that much. You've changed a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can show
0: up every week or show up to various ceremonies over and over again, but never change. Actually,
2: you could never change. Yeah you Could have some great stories. <laughs> oh my god, I had this ceremony and this happened to me, and I went to this galaxy and yeah, I rode around the back of a dragon, and <laughs> you know, but like nothing in your life has changed, right? Yeah. Like you had a wild, re- really interesting, cool experience, but it didn't transform you, yeah. Right? That's the that's that's kind of what I saw happening, and also in myself, too. Like, I don't pretend to be like better than anyone else right i watched this happen to me and i was like "This is not no unless (laughs) i was sitting my ass down yeah (laughs) start making some changes otherwise this is just fluff it's it's it felt disrespectful actually Mm -hmm. to the medicine because it's like well i'm i'm not really not taking i'm not really taking the teachings and doing
0: anything yeah yeah so powerful for like like you said replace plant with anything else and I mean it's a lesson for so much t- therapy you know I go to therapy over and over again and then never actually do anything to change you know it's it's kind of a wild system with that I mean so what do you think about like the movement with plant medicine where we're at with that in society
2: you know I have a lot of people in their 60s who call me on the phone or write me an email and they read uh, Michael Pollan's how to change your mind
0: mm-hmm. yeah
2: and they're like I got a good 20 30 years left and I don't I don't want to be doing life the way I've been doing it I don't know if psychedelics are right for me but this sounds good <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm ready for whole scale change you know yeah, like
0: yeah.
2: I don't want it to be doing life the way I've been doing it and so I feel like there's more interest than ever um media media is so funny but media has been publishing a lot around psychedelics Mm -hmm. Um, there's a lot more you know companies moving into the space positioning themselves for um, you know being the leading like psilocybin whatever company that everybody uses and even I get you know I do some some little investing on the side and I get things from you know investment agencies about psilocybin startups and I mean it's fascinating what's happening and there's a way 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 more interest i think than there ever has been from oh, normal definitely. people You're like we're not
0: talk- <laughs> we're, we're not talking
2: about people like me who are just sort of, yeah. you know unconventional <laughs> by nature but I'm talking about normal everyday people you know who yeah. just are feeling really stuck
0: yeah i actually i totally vibe with that i mean i would consider myself probably the opposite of you growing up and through most of my young adulthood and now in my 40s and my 30s, I, I don't know, I think it was just, I had a couple of people in my life who were just really open-minded about it and they helped me be open-minded about it. And then it's kind of like one of those things. It's like, once you go down the rabbit hole, or once you take something, the toothpaste out of the tube, it's like, you really can't put it back in anymore. No. and the, the experience is so powerful if you know especially done in the right set and setting it's like okay there was kind of the me before this and the me after this mm-hmm. and that i think for normal people are pretty if you know quote unquote traditional people they're pretty tired of this kind of busy existence this constant news cycle and busyness mm-hmm. it's like okay this is like almost like this is an altered consciousness on like 8 billion level, you know, (laughs) crazy, actually. So people are coming to it now, you know,
2: I think people are coming to it. And there needs to be some really good guidance around it, you know, really helping people sort through is this the best next step for me? Or is there a couple steps in between where I'm Mm. at? And that? Because let's face it, you know, you, you know, from personal experience, you know, psychedelic is a psychological sledgehammer. (laughs) it's not like you're getting out the little little brush you know to brush up a little archaeological dust you know no that's not what this is it is no it is you're next to some kind of spontaneous kundalini awakening or something that may happen in a spiritual setting or a near death experience this is this is as you know intense as it can get
0: yeah it is and i think sometimes I think maybe the resistance that there is, is that, you know, you're going to face something that potentially, well, I know for me, I was already, you know, I was been religious my whole life, but, uh, um, for me, it just like confirmed my spirituality even greater. And I think sometimes if like, if you don't have that at all, like Mm -hmm. at all, Mm -hmm. you may end up becoming more spiritual and that could be scary for people who have never had anything. Like that in their life like wow what does this mean for how i exist in life you know
2: exactly i mean it's it's soup to nuts you know (laughs) yeah it's like everything it's true the whole existence what is this like what's really going on what's really important this you know most of the things that we most of us focus on a lot of the time are is meaningless yeah you know and and this existential questions that come up like if that then what you know i've had i've counseled a number of people through these spontaneous um ego death experiences Mm. and they weren't really prepared for it with yeah i mean how can you prepare for your own (laughs) own death i mean there's certain traditions you do prepare for your own death but it's to to dissolve and to to literally have everything that you how you relate to the whole complex of life just disappear for a little while yes. and then you return as what right you know so yeah, you come no. back but then what you know so, the, <laughs> so exactly. that, well, how do you, how to bridge right from some of these very deep powerful experiences back into this you know, 3d, do we get leds or incandescent bulbs? You know, it's certain things are just it's like, how do you, how do you get back and how, who do you come back as and yeah. how do you reorder your life? So that without blowing it all up immediately, which is yes. some people are tempted to just blow <laughs> it up. Right. Yeah,
0: I can see that though. I mean, it's, it's, it's literally like you yes. know, it's such. It's like you're a phoenix being reborn. I mean, it's yes. like it's that and it's that people. It's that intense when you've done a higher dosage, especially, and it's uh, making sense of this new reality is very difficult. And so, the bridge I think has to be really important. You know.
2: Yeah, I mean, if you look at Eastern traditions, for those religious traditions, they will prepare someone for decades. For that kind of dissolution of the ego. I mean, there's a steady practice, you know, you, you're, you're practicing at, okay, what's left when there's nothing left? Mm. Like how to go into the void, right? That, this Buddha's practice this. So if an experience happens, they've been preparing for it for yes. all that time. And I think part of the difficulty with psychedelics is that a lot of people aren't really prepared for it it doesn't mean it's bad it just means that <laughs> even, like no context <laughs> and then no sense of what do i do now you know so yeah. then there needs to be some some support it's like being reborn as you said so you're like yeah. a little baby when you come out <laughs> like, how do you function and Okay, don't make any major changes right now.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> don't just, just like quit your days. job. Okay. <laughs> don't quit your job the minute you come <laughs> out of psychedelic experience.
2: Maybe take a couple of days off, but don't quit, right? Yeah, like,
0: don't quit. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Maybe quit later, but not right now, you know. Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think it's, you know, this is this is sort of the territory and I I counsel people away from it oftentimes. Interesting okay, well, have you tried this? Have you done any of this kind of work? Well, why don't we start there? And then if you feel like, feel like you really still want to do that, then we'll work towards it. Because otherwise, it could be really destabilizing. Yes. Not in a good way.
0: <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it's really, I was fortunate. I had a nice little run up to it. Yes. And really researched it, studied it, had a lot of guidance. And so I was aware of like that my ego was going to dissolve. I mean, it's, it, even, even though it still mm-hmm. was very jarring, even oh. though, I mean, yeah. you know, it's kind of weird watching your hands dissolve in your body and, you know, being this entity floating, you're, you're it's hard to prepare for that regardless. I mean, it's like, whoa, why mm-hmm. is that mountain breathing? Like, I mean, it's <laughs> like,
2: I'm the mountain. Oh my God. I am the mountain.
0: <laughs> this dude just transformed into a green beast in front of me. Like, it's just like, I don't know, you know, you can't watch enough superhero movies for that. I, like,
2: <laughs> right. These, right. And yet, you know, many cultures did prepare. Yes. Like, do, you know, they yeah. they prepared for these things, experiences and and then people knew who were going through them that there was, you know, these are initiatory experiences, yes. right? So there's, there's our mundane reality. And then we're stepping into this temenos of sacred space, initiatory space where the action can happen. But yeah. in that sacred space, that temenos, there are elders who are there. So you know, okay, they've got me.
0: Yeah.
2: Right? There's, there's someone who understands what's going on you know and then after it's complete okay and then you, you move back into the mundane world and there's a bridge and people help you you know so this is this is the archetypal you know process of, in- yeah. of initiation um so
0: yeah, most definitely. And you know, and I feel like sometimes in our society, we, we tend to devalue the transitions in life, you know, things like graduation, uh, people dying, people being born, we almost look at it as transactional at this point. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a big mistake because these the ceremony behind these transitions is really important to move from one phase or one lifetime within another lifetime to have that. And sometimes I think the sacredness of ceremony, we try to like, push it away. For some reason, it's strange. Like I see less ceremony more than ever. I feel like.
2: Secular, secularism. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, we got it. There it goes. Let's just
2: get rid of all that sacred stuff and all that ceremony ritual. That's for, that's for these uh, primitive people that, you know, (laughs) we don't want to be like primitive people like look yeah. at them clothes on they look strange like I swear it's like a whole it's just bias you know it's just yeah. horrible and and yet and yet there's quite a few people that go to churches mm. you know quite a few people who are not interested in a conventional spirituality but are making their own yeah um, putting things together and putting communities together and and I think You know, I do think the plant medicines are are bringing us back to our roots because there was nothing wrong with those roots; those were good, (laughs) solid roots. And you know, as a person in a white body, you know, I I have to like a. to have had my own indigenous cultures destroyed over thousands of years systematically, you know, to the point where kind of quote unquote, like white bodied cultures ended up in this very bizarre place where we look at these traditions as like with suspicion. Yeah. Uh, When we also came from that too, and it's been, you know, or, or to think that we've got to go to some other culture to get it or find it or discover yeah. it because those that are still holding this wisdom are not in a white body, you know, and that all the problems created with that. And, and there's a sense of, if you can sit, if you can sit, if you can connect with your ancestors and just even be open to that, uh I mean, whatever color of body you're in yeah doesn't really matter we all have ancestors we all come from an earth-based culture all of us yeah right so if you can sit with a psychedelic or otherwise and just go back go back down to that root and connect you know and and it's just a, a remembering doesn't yeah. matter what color your skin is. You can. Everybody can do it. <laughs>
0: you know? Yeah, and yeah. no
2: one's locked out, right? No right. one, right? Every, everybody's included in this. You no, know? it's it's a it's an all inclusive invitation.
0: It is. Um, it really is. What do you make of though? Kind of this division between spirituality and science, and where do you think science? Um, plays in the whole aspect of spirituality
2: that's such a huge topic as you know Mm -hmm. Um, there are bridge builders and there are people that are you know there are scientists who are very spiritual yes um, because you know science studies life you know pretty much the most sacred thing that there is is life and so this you know, energy of life that we connect to life force. So there's a, there's a a beauty in that, I think with science in that, in that particular study, you know, sometimes I think there's a bit of uh, losing the forest from the trees kind of thing. Like you just get so focused in on this one molecule or this peptide, or you kind of lose track of the big picture of what's actually going on. I think part of my challenge with science and there are many sciences which is very hard to kind of use a monolithic sort of term like that cuz there's yeah. a lot of science doesn't agree they don't agree they don't they're not in agreement <laughs> like
0: that's so true so true like,
2: there's not one science you know yes there's science okay as a discipline and an exploration but it's not that's the whole great thing about science is there's a lot of disagreement. People are studying different things and different nuances of different things, but, but how is the whole picture put together? And I think that is the realm of spirituality. Yeah. It's how it's all put together, how it all coheres, how it integrates. And at the end of the day, there's a feeling it's not a paper in a peer-reviewed study. Okay, it's interesting, but but what's, what's the feeling of that, this beautiful, elegant, magical, mystical life that yeah. we're living? How does it all come together? How, how is it connected? How are we connected to it? How can we be grateful for it and appreciate it and feel it like, you know because there's a difference between thinking about something thinking about it and then feeling it yeah you know how how can we feel more and maybe yeah. think less you
0: know? <laughs> <laughs> i think that feeling feeling scares people sometimes though you know uh, feeling because is,
2: it's demonized
0: yeah. yeah and it's like well, well that's not provable or that is we need proof of feeling. I need this to be in like a statistical analysis. And sometimes I think people who are kind of in that vein, like they're scared of feelings because they can't touch it. They can't see it in a way that's like, oh, well, yeah, feelings exist here in this box. And I can take this box home with me and I could open it. You know what I mean? Like it's it's like well, it has to be quantifiable, <laughs> you
2: know? Right. Yeah. Well, and we could go down a rabbit hole with that yeah. too because what appears to be very solid it's like an atom right mm-hmm. or like something that's you know material okay this this appears to be very solid but once you start really looking at it it's mostly nothing right yeah. like this is mostly, yeah. there's mostly nothing here right yeah. reality is much more immutable and it's way different than we think it is and so to try to keep making reality more solid i think mm. is it might be driven by fear you know or yeah. just discomfort just um but i i do think that i mean we have to kind of get into patriarchy we have to get into the war on the feminine feminine values intuition feeling you know women being um um pathologize for feeling for having emotions Mm. um emotions are seen as this kind of scary phenomena and i think we really have to make friends with feelings it's like sometimes i'll be having a big feeling and i'll just say it's just a feeling
0: yeah it is it's a feeling just a feeling (laughs) yeah it's okay it's okay it's okay (laughs) Just a feeling. It's a feeling.
2: It's okay to feel the feeling, you know? Yeah. And what if we could all just feel our feelings a little bit more and not be <laughs> scared of them? You
0: know? <laughs> the vulnerability behind that, you know, people feeling their feelings. It's. I hope that we're moving further in that direction and that people are, are okay with that. Seems like there's a little bit more acceptance for that. But uh, so.
2: Yeah. More empathy, more compassion. Yeah, you know. But guess what happens in ritual and ceremony? Expression of feeling and emotion.
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: Things come out.
0: They definitely come out. <laughs> I'm <sorry>, you right.
2: <laughs> they come out.
0: Some stuff definitely comes out. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> A lot of stuff comes out. A lot
2: of stuff comes <laughs> out. <laughs> it's been trapped in there. Wants to come out.
0: Yeah, I want to play. Yeah.
2: Yeah, (laughs) yeah. It can't stay in there. It's not healthy. You know the the feelings. This is a a water element. You know, Mm. a lot. You know, there's a lot of water element. You know, water needs to move. Water goes from you know practically you know a vapor to a, a solid to you know something that's a liquid. You know, water moves. The feelings move. They need to move. It yeah. we, can't, we take a snapshot of like, <gasps> you know, but then in one second, it's different. But we yeah. forget that. Like, you just keep, just flow with that river. Keep moving with it. Let it move, right? And, yeah. like, and work on moving because that's the energy of feelings, you know? They're yeah. tra- they transform their transformative, mm. Yeah.
0: It's powerful stuff. I wanted to um, touch on a little bit too, as I was looking through your bios. It's funny, like most people, this is the honest truth. I don't really look up much about them. I kind of want to know very little about them before I get on. I kind of want to let that exploration happen during yeah. the podcast, but for yours, I was like, no, I'm going to read this a lot more uh, before I talk to you. It was more because it's like, I don't know, it was just like, it resonates with me really hardcore. So I saw that you have some education with like pastor medicine. Please correct me if I'm wrong on here, but um, yeah. like, what so is that,
2: that? Okay. So I have a license um, in pastoral medicine,
0: mm-hmm.
2: which is essentially a more of a spiritual um, holistic counseling okay. and, you know, the, tra- the the transpersonal psychology and spiritual guidance and direction are very, you know, peas in a pod, you know? Mm-hmm peanut butter and jelly because you start diving down the rabbit hole as you know and you get into spirituality yeah eventually um what's what's the meaning of all this and so that pastoral medicine license is through an organization um, that then provides me with a a nice little shingle of protection for my work i see Mm -hmm. because you know how the sort of the regulatory agencies and how everything's regulated and so that organization helps me work across state lines
0: I see Mm -hmm. okay yeah interesting (laughs) I I thought I you know I don't know I never I had no clue I was like okay this is curious to me Mm -hmm. I'd like to know more about this um Mm it seems pretty simple um do you think that we're going to see more kind of people getting into like psychedelic guides or psychotherapy plant medicine therapists and that this become mainstream at some point you know for people i do yeah
2: i do i think it's coming mdma is coming first so it's coming next um you know in other countries a lot of this is legal already
0: yeah you know
2: so it's This is a kind of funny thing, right? Like you just get on a plane and fly down somewhere else and it's no big deal. Yeah. So I think it's going to be legal and there's going to be a lot more of it because it works, because it works. And a lot of the other options out there, pharmaceutical Mm -hmm. and otherwise don't work that well. They cause a bunch of other problems um, and they are slow. Yeah. Um, some of them are really like if you really were struggling and you went to CBT therapy you might be there a really long time true with not much progress being made and not much satisfaction being had so there are there's a tremendous amount of suffering I think politicians on both sides of whatever line you're on can agree about that like yeah. many sides it's a lot of suffering a lot of war trauma, especially that's, I feel, you know, from what I understand, it was really the war trauma and all the vets that are not being well cared for and not coming back in pieces and there being no real good solution for them. um, That really initiated some of these phase two, phase one, phase two, phase three trials with MDMA, you know, and, you know, those, those vets that returned and this state opened a political door that was nailed shut and they're going to open that door for a lot of other people
0: most definitely and i, I always say this and i think it's interesting like you you know have certainly this kind of non-traditional feeling about things and you've always had it but i always kind of surmise that like Something like this really takes off, like, as you said, when normal people or people you wouldn't think really get into it. It's kind of a shame, though, because, you know, it's like, well, why don't you just listen to people who have this feeling about it and, you know, have really been in the beginning. But unfortunately, kind of our society, things take off when they become like mm-hmm. more accepted by regular. If you want to put a regular people who yeah. may normally never even see this as an option, you know.
1: Hmm.
2: Yeah. Well, uh, you know, the war on drugs and drugs and the war on drugs. So I think there've been many movements afoot over the decades to scare people. And, you know, I'm, I'm all, I'm very much about harm prevention. And I wrote my book in that. I don't think this is for everyone. I don't think psychedelics are for everyone. I agree. People should be cautious. Um, I know I've treated a lot of people with psychedelic injury um, some went down to Peru and the Amazon and came back in many, many, many pieces. And there are people, you know, folks coming up from the South, global South, from the Amazon, leading a ceremony one night and they're gone and they're yeah. not there for you when you need them. Okay. So there's been a lot of criticism of Westerners drinking ayahuasca, But I think there should be a fair amount of criticism for those coming and bringing medicine, but then also not really being responsible for afterwards. So, you know, this is, uh, there should be caution. Um, But if you can, you know, if a person can get themselves into a good situation with some good guidance and some good support, then a lot of really miraculous, amazing things can happen.
0: Most definitely, miraculous is the right word. I mean, yes. it's, uh, yeah. like you said, it's a sledgehammer. You know, it is. it's. <laughs> I mean, that's even lightly putting it. I think. <laughs> you know, I think that's maybe even one of the lighter terms you could say.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, and and who who you come back as? Yeah. Afterwards, what's important? Mm-hmm. You know, what matters? Those are all really. Um, those are fantastic questions you know
0: oh my gosh completely Mm -hmm. fantastic I mean I could tell you for me I did not care about nature at all before I was Mm -hmm. like whatever I'm not that into the environment just totally honest and afterwards I was like very into it because I I recognized what it actually was and I became a part of nature truly in my mind that's right and I recognized I remember at one point I was like looking into the sky, and I remember it was just so small, you know, and like just kind of like yeah. I felt insignificant,
2: in a, in a good way. In a
0: good way, yeah. Good it wasn't way, like yeah. oh, I'm worth nothing, you know. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, man, it's just like it was so overwhelmingly powerful, powerful, mm. and it made me like I tell my wife it was like. And she could attest to this. I mean, for like months afterwards, I'd be like touching trees, like closing my eyes and like just putting my both my hands on trees. And like I wanted that feeling back of the tree speaking to me, touching me, seeing it how it actually like I, remember I was watching this movie, Lucy. And in the movie, like they see the trees it's like it goes and has all these like electricity inside the trees. And I was like, that's it. That's what the tree does. That's what it looks like. Like it's an and now we know trees talk to each other they have this network.
2: It's incredible,
0: incredible.
2: They're connected. They're They're connected. connected. Yeah. You know, for as much darkness as there may appear to be in the world right you know at any one time if we took a snapshot or watched the news for five minutes we'd be like (gasps) You know, my God. What <laughs> is <know>. this? Oh! <laughs> <laughs> it's <all> then, over. <laughs> yeah, but we, I, we always have to remember that everything's in balance, right? Everything's in balance. As much of, of that that feels terrible, there's an equal amount that's amazing and wondrous and wonderful and enlivening. And, you know, to, to find a way to exist in that you know, in, I think psychedelics for me is the the, the beautiful, terrible, you know, like mm. it's like, it's just like beautiful, terrible somehow, but it's some, it's, it's all happening at the same time. Yeah. And how can, how can we be in right relationship to that? You know, it's mm. very deep and you could just practice that. You just pick one thing that happened for you with psychedelics and just practice that every yeah. day.
0: Most definitely. Well, I mean, I've seen the major good in this. And speaking with you, Mm -hmm. Dr. Mm -hmm. Eva Catherine Kohler, I tell you what, (laughs) I was right on the money contacting you. I was like, this is going to be good. I know it. I just know Um, it.
2: Oh, thank you. Thanks for having me on. And I really appreciate you reaching out to me and, and finding me I'm such I'm like a busy Busy mom, just doing my practice, and over here in my little tiny corner. So it's wonderful to 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 have you reach out to me and to know you. Thank you. Yeah,
0: for sure. I mean, it just uh, I'm a big proponent of like moving towards things that speak to me and resonate Mm -hmm. me. The feeling. When people ask me to go, how do you, you know, pick people to be on the show? I'm like, it's just a feeling. Honestly, that's it. I don't make it anything bigger than it is. If I feel something towards somebody, I move towards them and that's mm-hmm. what happened here. Yeah. Oh,
2: yeah. And that's, that's, that's true for life too. You know,
0: yeah. is
2: that something I have a feeling? Do I want to move towards that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> is that life giving? You know? yeah.
0: No, <laughs> it's not. To- no, stay away.
2: <laughs> right. Or, or it's like, wait, yeah. You know, if we just did that, Oh, well, thank you so much. And you. I look forward to staying in touch.
0: Most definitely. Thank you so much for being on. And uh, I'm pumped for people to check this out. Thanks oh, a lot. Me too. Thank you.
2: <laughs> thank you for listening to this episode of Dr. D's Social Network. Make sure you listen to future episodes. Also, please make sure to rate and review My Dad's Show on Apple Podcasts in the rate and review section. Thanks, everyone.
1: Gorgeous gaming, stunning streams, unbelievable bandwidth. It's another Lifestyles of Gagillionaires. Meet the AT&T Fiber customers winning at life with Hyper Gig Speeds. Meet Gagillionaire Terry. While his love of streaming horror movies has him constantly on the edge of his seat, his internet bill won't give him a scare. Oh, don't go in there. I'm telling you. Because since Terry upgraded to AT&T Fiber with Hyper Gig Speeds, he doesn't worry about data caps or equipment fees. Come on, man. The door's open for a reason. And best yet, he also doesn't stress about a price increase at 12 months. Because with the amazing Gagillionaire Lifestyle comes an exquisite sense of tranquility. (laughs) Most of the time. Live like a gagillionaire. Get straightforward pricing with AT&T Fiber Internet that upgrades everything. No data caps, no equipment fees, and no price increase in 12 months. Limited availability in select areas. Visit attcom Hypergate for details.
2: At Kroger, no matter where you order, free pickup. You get the same great deals as you'd get in store, so you can save when you order during band practice or at the dog park or wherever. Start your cart with the Kroger app and save from wherever today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. $35 order minimum, restrictions may apply, subject to availability.
1: Get more ways to save at the Buy Five or More save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Kroger, fresh for everyone.